Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Maybe Next Year, a podcast that had to take uh, an extra rest day after a long delay and with a Monday night game. So we appreciate you being on our on our Monday night schedule this week where we're you know having a Saturday practice tomorrow, but we're going to record on Friday night. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. And uh, as you know, as we've said several times uh, throughout the history of this show, we pride ourselves on a little more objectivity than other podcasts. Not that there's anything wrong with being unobjective and just sort of rah rah sis boom ba, but like it, I, I feel like with this game, guys, and we're gonna let Paul speak to this uh, 38 to 20 victory over the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, let me say that again: 38 to 20 victory over the Kansas City Chiefs. I think. Paul, I think it probably would have taken us an extra day to come down and get into that more rational um, state of mind. And I would like for you to give us your your full spectrum of thoughts here about the game. And then Scott and I will rip you off while you have to be on mute for something else. That works for me. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head because if we'd had this podcast Tuesday morning, simply based on what was out in the Bill's zeitgeist, not to mention our own general exchanges with Scott, as of usual, mm-hmm. being the most restrained in that, we would assume that, okay, this is, you know, the Super Bowl is inevitable. So what are we, when are we going to meet in Buffalo? What should our plan be for getting together for the rally? How long do we want to stay in town in February? And all those sorts of logistics. And I went out to to dinner with my, or to lunch with my friend Matt on Tuesday. And the conversation almost was steered in that direction of, you know, this is, this team is special. It's for real. I still think this was a, a great victory, a special victory. And uh, I apologize to Frank in advance for pasting the wrong score in the agenda here. So I, you know, that's, that's my bad, but this, this impressive victory, nonetheless, you had a defense that, you know, we're going to talk a little bit later about how legitimate they are. I don't think you can look at this defense and say they aren't in the sense that they just went up against the best. They tried a not dissimilar tactic to what they did last year, only even still without Matt Milano this year, they seem to have a little more talent to address it. Well, Gregory Rousseau seemed to be a refreshing breath of fresh air to be redundant up front. In fact, we'll get to his honor a little bit later. He you know, he was one of many guys who seemed to step up. The defense executed perfectly well. And the offense, while not perfect, they really seemed to overcome the difficulties that the Chiefs had given them in the past. That said, Kansas City was missing two chief uh, defensive players in this game, uh, including Jones, I believe, that the Bills were able to take advantage of that. But they nonetheless, Josh had over 300 yards passing. They came out the game in some run-heavy formations. Frank had shared a great article with us as to why we saw so much Tommy Sweeney and Reggie Gilliam and Jay Kumrow in there, and less of Cole Beasley than we might have expected, and how that really seemed to throw off the Chiefs because they'd been showing these, you know, false offenses, if you will, for the first five games, then being bam, you know, here first four games, then being bam, here's what you're going to have to contend with. You're going to have to contend with all of these different possibilities when you're facing the Buffalo Bills. So, yes, I've come back down to earth a little bit and recognize it is one game and there is nothing to keep them from losing by 15 points to the Titans on Monday Night Football this week because the odds of a team going 16-1 and one are extraordinarily low. But this at least proves to me that, you know, I said to be the man, they got to beat the man. They've now beaten the men. Now they've got to beat some of the other men during this regular season. And, you know, all in all, just positive vibes from this one. 
Yeah, I think that you you hit the nail on the head. And if uh, you have to take your leave at this moment, that's fine. But I think they uh, they they did. They beat Ric Flair in a non-title match. And actually, we shouldn't we shouldn't use Ric Flair. We should use a wrestler who's not under high scrutiny. But in, and now, but any in any event, they, they they beat Canyon. And who better than Canyon? Right. And and now they they're going to set themselves up for the title match at the pay per view later, where everyone's going to think, well, maybe they've got a shot now. Um, it, it really was. And, and I'll just I pulled up the our WhatsApp exchange. It's on readoptional.substack.com. The article is Josh Allen, Brian Dable and a game plan 800 days in the making by Oliver Connolly. Um, and Oliver does a very nice job of going through the offense that the Bills had played with, particularly over the last 20 or so games um, and how it looks nothing like the offense thrown at them, thrown at the Kansas City Chiefs on um, Sunday or yes, yeah, Sunday night. Uh, I, I also sort of think there's a lot of uh, talent difference. I think Star, to not mention Starla Tula lately um, uh, would be, a, a, you know, unfair um, because I think that his presence probably changed some of the the initial, you know, they weren't able to gash him for the bills for hundreds of rushing yards. But let me turn it over to Scott. Um, Scott, your impressions of this game. I know you watched it in a condensed version. Um, but it was, um, it was, it was, a, I'm guessing it was pretty impressive nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was definitely, I mean, it, yeah. I mean, if you're looking at Bill's wins over the last, you know, two decades, you know, this is definitely, um, you know, been probably top five, right. I mean, coming off of, you know, beating a team that yeah. beat you twice and, and, you know, helmed by a, uh, NFL MVP, um, and, you know, yeah, they were a little dinged up, but so were we in their building, um, you know, this is as good a win as we've seen um, from this team in terms of the, the caliber of the opponent they're playing, right? Um, and 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 really the performance that they did, both showing kind of technical proficiency is kind of laid out in the, the, the article that we mentioned and as well, you know, just the, the, the blocking and tackling. Um, I will say this, um, I was really pleased to see that much, um, that, that many penalties. I always enjoy a good <laughs> Sunday night football game where there are 17 fucking penalties thrown and um, a lot of like holds and like, you know, I'm not saying that the game wasn't a little chippy because it seemed like it was a little chippy. It was. And, and yeah. there were some ones where it was like, okay, well, that's an important, that's uh, an important call that you made there. But there also seemed to be a lot of like, boy, I, I don't really know that we need to see this many flags. Um, that was a lot of fun, and I'm really, I'm really thinking that's exactly what the NFL wanted. Um, but yeah, that was just, oh, it's so frustrating. Anyway, um, but no, I mean, but it, other than the penalties, um, really a complete performance and a very well executed one, a well designed one, um, a mentally strong one, where even when Kansas City kind of, you know, you, you think you've, you think you've got it over on them with the early um, kickoff. Uh, fumble where you get it in the KC territory, but then you immediately kind of blow that chance, and then Kansas City goes down to score, and you're like, uh oh. Um, but still, yeah. having the mental stability to be like, nope, nope, we're still a good team. We just have to, you know, play better than we did that series, which we all know we can do, um, and and do it, and they can get it done. Um, I think that was great. Um, I liked. I liked the balance. I think, you know, obviously having Allen as kind of your secret weapon in the run game is certainly appropriate on some level to bring out in this this game. 
Um, obviously, I think, uh, you know, as pointed out in the article and, and, and other people before this, that like you can't have him run this way every week. But right. against Kansas City and Tampa Bay and in the playoffs, sure, you know, we can we can we can do that. Yeah. Um, so I think that's that makes sense. But but sprinkling in Moss and Singletary as well. <clears throat> and obviously the incredible kind of performance of the of the receivers and the offensive line and Allen connecting for the big plays. Um, I think we all enjoyed Teron Matthew losing his mind yes. repeatedly. Yes. That is yes. that is that is like that like goes on the end of the year highlight film, right? Of the Bills. Like there's a couple on there. There's the Allen hurdle here. Yep. And then there's the Matthew with his hands in the air being like, What are we doing out here right now? That is super enjoyable. And twice in the same game, no less. Right, um, right. That is that is some classic stuff right there. So yeah, like yeah, it's tough to find fault in how the Bills played. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just tough. I mean, it's, it's, it was a, it was a very complete performance. Yes. And, and it's kind of like you, you're, you're frustrated. You want to just fast forward and end the season right now, like they're mm-hmm. just playing so well that you could, you you wish you could do that. Uh, unfortunately we got, we got a long season ahead of us, but, but yeah. boy, it's, you wish you could bottle this and kind of just open it up uh, in a couple weeks, um, or months. I think that's a great great way to think about it because I, I am with you, especially once this Tennessee game goes by the wayside, which we'll talk about at the end of the show. It's really, it feels like Tampa. It's the second and, easiest schedule in the NFL. And Tampa. yeah, right. And it, 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 and they're a first place team. So they were assigned a first place schedule and we can't really, you know, it's, we can't schedule Bama as somebody said on Twitter. So although who knows where they would stand now. Um, I, I mean, I think what was ridiculous about the offense specifically was um the efficiency because you look at they had 27 rushing plays and 26 pass attempts and you know so you know 53 total plays there and Patrick Mahomes had 54 pass attempts not counting obviously any of the any of the rushing um the Bills played the defense that they played last year against them in the regular season. Nothing over the top. We will stop you and we will make you be perfect for the whole game. And as it turns out, even the Kansas City Chiefs can't be perfect for the whole game because they want that explosive play. Now, I wonder if a couple, you know, it, it was kind of the, the defense that, that the Steelers sort of tried with with Buffalo uh, in week one. And I'm, and I'm sure, you know, other teams will try and do that against Kansas City and probably against Buffalo. And, and not everyone's going to be able to do it. Um, very few teams probably will be able to do it. And I honestly, on a, on a, in a series of 10 games, Buffalo wouldn't be able to do it 10 out of 10 times. That's for sure. Um, I think that one of the really interesting things was their use of McKenzie and, and, um, I think it was Davis in the backfield, uh, to further the confusion of, um, is it going to be a run or is it going to be a pass? And, and just that much confusion is enough to let Josh Allen, Josh Allen is already sort of like a disadvantage in the run game for the opposing team because he is in the box already and, and and basically has to be accounted for as a runner. And if you add a wide receiver into the backfield, now you really have no sense of what's coming. And it's those fractions of the second where this offense can really shine. Um, a person who um, will, you know, certainly be in the honorable mention or three stars that would, you know, we have to talk about Dawson Knox and his emergence as sort of a, a, a quality tight end, um, like a, a, a very good tight end, um, 
but sorry, I was talking about the efficiency. It's, you know, to have 15 completions and more than 300 yards and three touchdowns is, is sort of insane. And the only reason I was looking at Allen's like um, completion percentage and um, in comparison to like where it had started and it's still up overall, it's at like 62 or 63%. And I realized that one of the things that shot him in the foot in this game was, um, you know, he didn't have as many pass attempts as as he might have if if you know the big play they didn't hit the like the three bit three or four big plays that they had um it just sort of ends drives um and uh you know thankfully the defense again just i mean really they did not lose their cool at all you know to have no blitzes against Patrick Mahomes is is apparently the formula but that seems like it's really hard to do to just not sort of there was one play in particular it was the play where Mahomes has they they kept showing he had like nine seconds in the pocket and on that and they ended in incompletion because it's it's basically an you know per excellent coverage and one of the great things about that play is if you watch it you can see Rousseau start to get around his guy and then kind of step back to make sure that he's not pushing Mahomes out of where they want him and you know he realizes I'm not going to get there if I go in so I'm going to pull back and stay and you're going to have to stay right where you are. We're not going to break this play. And it works. It really works. And, um, you know, he was absolutely noticeable and great uh, on the team, as was, you know, Boogie Basham shows up and AJ Epinesa. And, you know, maybe not today. Maybe this is a good bye week discussion or or later in the season discussion when hopefully we're steamrolling teams and not as interested in in the in the in the recap of the games but if you look at the last couple of drafts i mean he brandon bean's not perfect but he you know for every ed oliver there seems to be a couple of guys who are who are starting uh on a team that is you know first in offense first in defense and uh you know just short of first overall really um so uh you know all that said, fine. I think Ed had a nice game on Sunday. Ed Oliver is fine. I I just know that there's you, you're Cody Fords of the world. That would you're be Cody the- Fords, and then I think there's Ed Oliver still has the rap of, um, well, he's not quite the explosive player we thought he was, um, but he's an excellent player. He's you know the the Harrison Phillips of the world's yes. too, but. Yes. You know, I mean, if you have Spencer Brown. And to Scott's point, for every Cody Ford you have, you also have a Spencer Brown. Literally what I was just going to say, Paul. Yes, exactly, right? And then if you get Epineza, Basham, and and, and Rousseau, and, you know, two of those guys already seem to be very good, um, you know, with Basham sort of finding his way, uh, you know, you he's hitting a lot. He's hitting a lot. So that's a, a thing that maybe we need to talk about at a different time. Uh, you had said that, you know, maybe top five, Scott, games played in the last 20 years. I mean, I think of the 2011 Bills-Patriots game with Drayton-Florence to go 3-0. and I probably think this is a bigger game than that. Um, and I'm not sure that there's there's another one. I, I, I think this might be the biggest, like, regular season game in the last 20 years that they've won. I, I, think. I would say, yeah, regular, yeah, regular season, yeah. I mean, obviously, like, the, I mean, I would say you could put it in top five with the playoff game, like, mm-hmm. all the Colts. Because, mm-hmm. like, obviously, like, the Colts win was a great win. Um, the Ravens game. game. Yeah. The, the Ravens game, obviously, a very good kind of, I'd say, we, I'd say we probably did not play as well in the Ravens game as we did in this game. I think, obviously, yeah. this, everything came together. The Ravens game, 
the Ravens did a good job slowing down the, the pass game to a large extent. And it was really only by the defense kind of really pulling it out with the big Teron Johnson interception return that we were really kind of make sure that we won that game on some level. Yes. But, uh, but in terms of a complete performance, yeah, I mean, I think in some ways the Colts game, the defense played okay, but certainly not, you know, show-stopping. This is, I think, in terms of a complete performance, yeah, yeah, you'd have to really get into the history books here. Yeah, and, you know, the newly paid Teron Johnson, as we as we should should point out and may point out shortly. But why don't we get to three stars? Because um, I feel like we could glow about this game for a long time, but it's on to Tennessee, and it's on to the rest of the um, – oh, excuse me, no. Gregory Rousseau, AFC play, Defensive Player of the Week. Not bad for a rookie. And um, – Let's do three, you know, I don't want to spend any time on Chris Collinsworth, but I promised I would. He is a fucking nightmare. Chris <laughs> Collinsworth is a fucking nightmare on the goddamn thing. I mean, Between I the refs and Collinsworth, it's very easy to ruin what was otherwise a fantastic. And game. I feel like the refs ultimately were just like kind of calling what they saw more or less. And they, they could have been wrong. I mean, Chris Collinsworth was going out of his way to essentially lie. Um, I mean, if if they had taken a chainsaw to Josh Allen's arm, he would have said that th- that was a ticky tacky roughing call. I, he just I mean, he couldn't he had locked himself into I have to glow about Patrick Mahomes. That's the only talking point I've prepared all week is how great are the Chiefs offense. And when we got to the fourth, you know what it reminded me of? It reminds me of the Sunday night. Bills Patriots Teddy Bruschi game when he mm-hmm. wasn't a commentator yet, but he but he but he was on the field and like the Bills were winning that game and like right near the end in the fourth quarter they were like just starting to grudgingly admit that the Bills were looking pretty good and Teddy then Teddy Bruschi like farted and the ball came out and and they I mean then instantly it was a it was a it was a sausage yeah, fest I, I, an explosion I fest on- all over over the screen. I was and, say, I've looked, I've looked back on that game and thought maybe they just shouldn't have said anything and kept up the Brewski love fest. And maybe we would have won the second, right. because the second they gave the bills respect, then, then it all, then it all turned. Well, he, he just couldn't. I mean, he Collinsworth was incomprehensibly biased. I, I don't know if he had like a dog in the fight or if he had bet money on it or, or if he just like was, like I said, like ill prepared to talk about the bills winning, but like he, he had a thousand reasons why Patrick Mahomes was playing poorly, and not one of them was the top-rated defense had come into the building and played like the top-rated defense. And anyway, that's all the time I want to spend on him because ultimately it was a, it was a a great game, and and I don't you know perhaps his perhaps his tears add to the the, the Schadenfreude of it all for for me um, with regards to that. So I think we should go to three stars, um, and then. <clears throat> And move on. But I had promised I would say something. So yeah. uh, we will go to honorable mentions first. One honorable mention goes to uh, the great Zach Moss. Well, the, the certainly the good Zach Moss. 11 carries, 37 yards, but also three catches and 55 yards on the ground on four targets. Um, kind of, again, pacing the run game, kind of increasingly becoming the guy who's leading the run game. Uh, obviously, we'll see how long it lasts. Devin can, continues to have you had the fumbling issues, so that means Moss gets more reps, and I think we're all we're all fine with that. It's 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 mm-hmm. neither one of them is is 
clearly better running and passing, I would say, right now. I think Moss might be a, a hair more decisive sometimes. I think Singletary's had the bigger plays, you know, here or there. But ultimately, you can't fumble the ball, and that's that's the biggest thing. So by all means, Zach Moss continued to play well. Um, another honorable mention goes to Micah Hyde. Two tackles, but obviously the big interception return for the touchdown to kind of uh, not quite seal it, but pretty much put it away in the third quarter, fourth mm-hmm. quarter. I don't remember. Um, but that obviously, as part of an overall very well done kind of defensive effort, um, as usual, leading up the back end. Um, I also am going to throw out uh, Saran Neal, honorable mention. Um, obviously had some had some holding calls and DPIs kind of go against him, stuck with dealing with Travis Kelsey. But you look at the 20 points on the board, and Kelsey didn't beat you. Kelsey ended up with uh, 6, 4, 57, and a touchdown. That's – for an all-pro tight end, you'll you'll live with him doing that to you on, on some level. Um, you know, obviously, again, I've already kind of talked about the penalties. We can get to that later, or, or well, we've already talked about it, but that's that's all we need to go to there. Um, third star goes to the defensive player of the week. You can see uh, Bre- uh, Gregory Rousseau. Yay! Um, five tackles. Blaine takes off somewhere behind Frank. Frank, look out! Uh, ah! <laughs> The five tackles, uh, the the sack, and obviously the the pass deflection leading to the interception that was you know kind of critical in stuffing out that guy and really just a really heads up kind of very uh, mature play for someone who is I think 21 or, or maybe 22 certainly not much older than that um, definitely with a lot of um, you know kind of maturity and knowing what his responsibility is and knowing what the Chiefs were trying to do on that play. And getting his hand out there and then having obviously the physical kind of um, hand-eye coordination to, to bring it in is, is really, again, remarkable for, for, for anyone, uh, let alone someone who's only been uh, doing this in his rookie season. So that is your third star. Second star does go to Dawson Knox. Uh, I think the second week in a row for Dawson yeah. Knox. Uh, three catches, 117 yards, 53. Uh, that big 53-yard catch obviously being the, the kind of the, the pivotal one where he gets behind the defense. Um, but obviously uh, playing a role in the run game as well and, and kind of, you know, uh, I think just in general, the maturity and understanding, you know, the criticality of like, hey, you, you can get open all you want. If you don't catch it, it doesn't matter. Um, but that that obviously has changed so much about the Bills offense and gives them another um, another uh, weapon that they can really, really uh, exploit uh, against defenses like the Chiefs. And then, yeah, obviously, first star, Josh Allen, you know, uh, MVP numbers. I mean, it's it's the QBR of 91.5 on a scale of 100 is just absurd. Um, you know, running the ball, 11 carries, 59 yards, and the touchdown, three more through the air with 315. Again, you know, the ridiculous kind of 12.1 yards an attempt, but, like, what was that? It's, like... 30 yards of completion or something, 20 yards of completion or something. It's, it's absurd. Um, the, the kind of dynamic kind of stuff. Um, it was interesting. I was reading the other day, um, on one of the other sites, you know, if you, if you ranked him by how aggressive he is in terms of, um, of throwing into tight windows or guys who are covered, he actually doesn't do that that much. Yeah. He mostly is just good at 
scrambling and finding enough time and going to the correct player, but is still credit to Dable finding the windows and scheming these guys open and then the offensive line blocking for long enough for him to to get there. So, the, again, a whole team effort. Um, also, I got to give um, Dable Frazier, again, like huge props, as we pointed out, the game plans um, on all sides were, were were stellar, you know, obviously. I think it's... I think it's fair to say if that if they were eligible for stars, they might have received some. But of course, coaches are not eligible, unless I change the rules as I often have in the past. Precisely. So, right. Yes. So kudos to future Raiders head coach Brian Dable. Hmm. He never send an email. Um, <laughs> thank you, Scott, for once again highlighting our three stars. Um, I agree that, and I, I can't. Um, Go back. I don't want to pull up the article again. So go back to the beginning and find the name of that article that I mentioned. It was it was really good. And I think that you're right. Like it's one of the questions I'll have when we get to the end of the season. Not that I think the good news is Allen has had now four years in this type of system. And so you won't ever have the question of like, well, can he do it? The question will be like, well, no, find the type of guy who's going to scheme these people open, right? Like, I don't think you have to be a genius necessarily to do this, even though I think Dable's super creative. I think you just have to understand that, okay, we're going to have to play this spread kind of offense, and it's going to have to have the type of talent where you're blocking for for Allen because he will find the open guy. You know, you have to play to his strengths. And, you know, my guess is Bean and McDermott are not stupid. They've given me no pause to think that they are stupid. So my guess is whoever comes in will be the type of person who does that. Um, but a better topic for another time. Teron Johnson has $7 billion. Let me look. Do you know, Paul, do you know Teron Johnson's deal? It was three uh, years. Eight million a year, I want to say three years, 24, if yeah. that, is, that is correct. Yes. And so. And nice 15 little, million guaranteed, I believe. Nice little chunk and change for a nickel safety, but he's excellent at what he does. Um, and I had tried to get some thoughts out of Sal Capaccio on Twitter. I didn't get any bites. I was wondering if this comes out of Tremaine Edmonds' money, because I know there's some questions about whether they, they want to resign. He had a great game on Sunday night, too. I personally would love to keep him. I don't know if like he's going to be too expensive pair compared to what he's performed, but you know, I, there's some other thoughts that you know the TV deal is about to get really silly, and the 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 salary caps are going to go way up. So who knows if uh, how much this will actually hamstring the Bills to have him under under contract for three years for eight million. Um, quickly, the DNPs for yesterday for sure. Uh, Milano and uh, was limited with hamstring, although he got some good comments from reporters who watched him. Taiwan Jones did not practice based on the hamstring. That might affect special teams, but largely the team is intact and practicing um, well. I, they had a practice today. I don't know if I if that they did. The report came out, and that was it. Still, Milano limited. Uh, Taiwan Jones did not play. I think Saran Neal was out with an illness. It said, which were and if it were. I'm not going to say the word. If it were the type of illness that would be a society affecting pandemic, uh, he would be on a different list. So I'm mm-hmm. assuming he has some sort of flu or maybe stomach poison. But everyone else was better in rest. <laughs> Sorry, I just um, I thought about that and that made me laugh. Um, <laughs> the uh, let's see what where else what else we got. Um, wanted to get those. Those are the quickets, so we'll get those. We're going to come up on listener questions and we're going to talk about the... Okay, so Paul has nicely put into our agenda three 
how good questions. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this and I'm gonna turn it on its head a little. Um, are the Bills the number one team in the NFL? Are the you know obviously the Bills are now the favorite to win the Super Bowl based on betting odds. Uh, the second question Jesus, is this: This podcast has come a long way, guys. Well, it's it's <laughs> insane. It's insane where this this podcast has gone. Um, Josh Allen um, is the betting favorite maybe to win the MVP, but the, he's certainly in that discussion. And is the defense legit? So in an F Mary kill sort of manner, <laughs> I I think we're going to take those three. We're going to say, are the Bills the best team right now? Is Josh Allen going to win the MVP? And is this defense, quote unquote, legit? Um, I want you to marry one, which means put all your weight behind it and that you believe that this is the most solid of the three statements. Um, F, uh, you know or date, if you were going to be polite, um, you know, one of them, one of them that you're like, yeah, that's kind of right, but maybe I, 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 it's it's right now, but not necessarily forever. It's the one I'm willing to kind of negotiate on and then kill one that you think like, no, that's not the case. That's that, it, or it won't be, that definitely won't be the case by mm -hmm. the end. So we're going to rank them, you know, or rank them one, two, three, however you want to do it. Paul, you have, um, you've come back from sabbatical here yes. on the podcast. So why don't you take that first and give Scott the opportunity to think about it? All right. I, I don't think there's going to be much debate and maybe I'm wrong about the, the marriage portion of this. I think we're all, uh, again, I should jump to conclusions. I'm marrying the defense in mm -hmm. a second. I think, if you it was one thing to pitch shutouts against Houston, Miami, as impressive as that is, and noting again the only two teams that had shut out opponents in their two opponents in their first four weeks were both end up winning the Super Bowl. Uh, but it's another thing to go out against the Chiefs in their top of the line offense on the road in Arrowhead, tough environment. You force four turnovers against a team that had your number last year. And you you essentially turn the game around and make it easy for your offense to do its thing. So marrying the the defense, struggling a bit on the last two. I say I will. Eh, yeah, I'll get horizontal with the Bills being number one. I think <laughs> you know that is that you can look at teams like the Cardinals and say they're undefeated. Their wins haven't been as impressive or as dominant, but they did beat a great Rams team a couple weeks back, a seemingly great Rams team. It's still probably too early to call teams super great. And then you look around the AFC, the other two to me right now that the Bills haven't played head on and beaten. You're looking at Baltimore and you're looking at uh, the Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers. I think those are the ones that, you know, you have to beat at some point, but we, they also have a history of recent success against both of those. They shut down a Baltimore team that had a much better rushing offense last year with their defense. And I think they are they would be in good position to do that again. And they I think the offense would is better positioned to be successful against the Ravens defense than it was in San Diego last year. They they had some struggles with early on. They pulled away a little bit as the fourth quarter came, but it was still a close game in Buffalo against a rookie QB. And Justin Herbert, we've seen he's improved even leaps and bounds over a very good rookie season. So I still think the Bills, however, are a better team. And then, yeah, I'm going to kill Josh MVP right now simply because he's 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 had a couple missteps early in the year. I mean, he was blah. He was bad the first game. He played 
better in games two and three. And now he's legitimately been there the last two games. There was some struggles against the Chiefs at points. But as Scott noted, he was just incredibly efficient with his whatever it was, 25 yards completion or 30 yards completion, whatever. He, he averaged a ton of yards of completion, which was absurd. So I'll kill the Josh MVP one for now. Scott. All right. Paul is correct on the killing sequence. Uh, as much as I love Josh Allen and, you know, it again, like the MV, there's it depends a bit on how you're defining it. Like, are you defining it as like the platonic ideal of the MVP or are you de- <laughs> defining it on like how historically MVPs have been chosen or who is going to win the MVP this year? I think the closest one that Josh Allen gets to is the platonic ideal of what uh, or I would say is how historically those awards have gone, which is the best player on the best team. But I would say there it's just too many other guys out there that have better press, um, that have a bigger market that can can justify that kind of stuff, that regardless of whether or not uh, how well Allen plays, there's just too much variability in that for me to want to do anything other than kill it. Um, Paul is dead wrong on the other two. Um, mm. the, the defense... Wait, I'm pretty sure. Paul, what did you say about the defense? You buried the defense, right? Mary's yeah. married them, yeah. Yes, no, I'm that's a strictly that's a strictly like a couple that's a couple nights hookup. Um, you know, maybe maybe you, you call them once or twice after that, but let's not let's not go crazy here. Like it's a it's a good defense. Um and I guess again it depends listen on little on your definition of legit, but like, yes, the defense is fine. But I'll also be realistic that they are, in general, fairly healthy. Obviously, Milano being out is a bit is a is a bit of a killer. But um, that is a not a certain to fix itself and be only one guy really when it comes down to it. Otherwise, they are fairly healthy. And then the other thing is, just um, so we have to get through the whole season. And I think they they have a good scheme, but again, their scheme has holes in it the same way a lot of other schemes will have holes in it. They're going to, they have not been terribly consistent on a, like compared to last season, I guess. Um, Now it's, it could be that they come out and just prove me wrong, but it just doesn't seem like it's totally there all the time. I think I have been very pleased with how they're performing and better than how I thought they were performing. And I've been tooting their horns. I just don't want to like go too far down the line compared to the bills being overall the number one team in the league. Even if it's a top 10 defense, um, the way the offense is playing right now, I don't know who's better than them. I think Tampa Bay is the one that's got the best real option. No one in the AFC really scares me at this point. Um, I think that is the one that I am happy to live with both now, as right now they are the best team, and they have the best chance of being the best team by the end of the season. Um, that is that is 100% marriage material. So, yeah. Man, I, uh, I love you guys because you are... Um, I think I think the great thing is we're all going to spike Josh Allen as MVB talk, uh, uh, you know, third out of three. Um, I think that I think that the good thing about this last game is this this is the game that puts him honestly back in the conversation as opposed to um, what was happening before where he was really sort of an outlier. Like, okay, he's going to be in the conversation now. But I mean, Lamar Jackson absolutely like carried the entire 
Ravens to beating the Colts the other week. He he's what he's doing is phenomenal, and I think Justin Herbert's also phenomenal. And on and and, and really is it Brady threw five touchdowns the other day? Exactly. I was gonna say he's we, we don't the, even count Tom Brady anymore. Well, at this point. he's he's in the LeBron Kobe level of of um people just get sick of giving him the MVP. Like that's the probably the reason he won't win it is because. You know, people are sick of saying, "Okay, fine, you're the fuck, you're the best player, Tom," but this is would be boring if we gave you 20 MVPs. Um, you know, so Allen is at least in that discussion, and and the good news for him is he has got like an absolute cakewalk of teams to really start padding the stats, and other teams are going to have to play, and so he's not out of it. But out of the three, that's the one I'm least confident in, if only because I'm also willing to marry like Paul this defense because it's hard to win the MVP when you also have the best defense it is one of those things where you know they're going to be able to look at this total team effort even if you're on Scott's side that they're a better total offense and team you know he's sort of in this system and they're playing the best football of anybody but the reason is not just because of him it starts with him it is mostly him it is made possible because of him but it truly is not only because of him and i think that that's not really going to fly when you have some other people who are really sort of shouldering more of their team's responsibility um so for me i'm 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 with the defense i think that they will be able to um, I mean, I, I don't know. I can't really think of another offense other than Kansas City's that that is scary. I think Tampa Bay is obviously up there. Scott, you're right. I think that they had sort of have one of those complete teams. I would wonder if they would have the same success against the Ravens. I think they would. I think that the Ravens are um, having some really special games against different kinds of opponents, but I think that Buffalo can manage them. And I think that the difference between this team and last year's um, really is the defense. I think that what they're doing on defense is special. I think ultimately you might and probably do have a better offense than you did last year. I just don't know if they're going to show up in the stat sheets the same way because they don't have to the way that they did last year. So I am siding with Paul, but it's close. I'm glad that we are all, well, I mean, the good news is, like, you know, we're all sleeping with the same two. And, you know. <laughs> Normally that's not good news among friends. But this no. is, you know, no. this is that rare exception. No. Um, Let's so immediately someone, stop this conversation. Yeah. If someone yeah. needs to take the Josh MVP bolt, right? If we if we were, if this bar was, <laughs> podcast was in a bar, someone would have to be going home with Josh MVP. <laughs> but, but the truth is we're all old Why men. Why are you both just, looking at me? No. <laughs> don't make me answer that question um the, the truth is we're all old men and just want to go home so that's yes. that's that's what's going on now a younger podcast would have definitely put themselves in hot water by now um uh and speaking of hot water um Zach Ertz got traded to the Arizona Cardinals. Very good move for them. We only we bring it up largely because he was supposed to be a Buffalo Bill about 100 different times but speaking of hot water um we had Urban Meyer uh, dancing in the video only to give way to John Gruden apparently being um, uh, homophobic racist of the decade uh, with his emails. I, I don't want to say that because um, I think that he, it, there's a lot of contenders for that. There are. And I think if you had access to um, 
a lot of people, a lot of people's emails, it would be very prevalent in football amongst other many other places in a way that not that he's unfairly being held up to in a way that he's being made the poster boy for it is i didn't read all this stuff i read the summaries of it i don't need to expose myself to a lot of nonsense to be honest i have a hard enough day as it is without having to really get all the way into the dog shit with with john gruden who i think it was a fucking fraud of a coach anyway um but you know he obviously got buried by this Washington investigation. Um, I do think he probably had something up his sleeve because he walks away with money um, from the from the show, um, from the the, the, uh, the game. And uh, but I don't know. The good news is, Scott, I, maybe you agree with me. I would be beyond surprised if you know Scott McDermott or Sean. I did it. That's the first time I've done it in three years. Sean McDermott. Um, had ever sent an email like this, right? Like he seems like a different kind of guy. Or am I am I playing myself? I Scott, don't jinx it, but give an honest answer. <laughs> it's a fascinating question, right? Um, I if you had told yeah. me Rex Ryan had sent this email, sure, I would not be surprised. I'm not really surprised that John Gruden sent it because. They're all, you know, morons with millions of dollars that think they will get away with everything forever, especially 10 years ago. Part yeah. of me thinks that. And our older guys who were right. raised in a culture that was a little different. McDermott's a little younger, kind of a William and Mary guy would have kind of right. up with, you know, some of the, the kind of the more modern sensibilities one would think. Right. I, it's not that I'm saying like he's never said or done anything wrong. I think that McDermott's the kind of guy who would have thought twice before putting something in an email, right? Like, I think he probably so, would have so, been like... So this is the challenge. I would say I don't know that it's going to be the same thing, yeah. but there's probably something... The challenge The challenge is it's a bit... It's like you, it's almost impossible to not have something that would get you pilloried, right? Sure, like, this is, yes. We, like, not to get completely outside the realm of football, but this is a little bit of the Jeopardy challenge, right? You have to have, like, Alex Trebek doesn't exist anymore. No one has a Except high in our point. hearts. This is so yeah. deep and weird, man. I, okay, Alex doesn't. Okay, okay, continue. Oh, like with Alex, the new host. Okay, I see. Yeah. I was like, what's no? There is no comparable person who exists now to the way Alex Trebek exists in our minds of like the clean cut Canadian. You know, can't you know? Like, yes, Alex Trebek, zero percent chance he said something mean, right? But like. And even then, that's probably not really true. Well, he but, probably said something uh, about Quebecois. He probably was very... Well, I, I read his autobiography, and he will drop curse words, but he was never mean about anything. And I uh, bet he did like French Canadians. There's Nobody likes French Canadians in Canada. Sure. Except so there's, yeah, except them. So the, the theory being, like, you, like, no, like, even if McDermott didn't call someone, you know, whatever homophobic slur or whatever kind of thing... I could see him using coded language about people's um, preferences or orientations or um, cultural backgrounds or education levels or things like that that could be perceived as insensitive. And I think that is I think it's not going to be as blunt and as obvious, but it could still get him fired if it came out just because. 
the obviously we're all flawed humans and none of us are kind of raised in a in a in a way that is above you know is beyond scrutiny on some level um if we're being fair i would i would say if he has never had an objectionable thought or that's the thing like in some sure. level what you're yeah. what you're trying yeah. to get at let me let me kind of frame sure. it for you just is is that you know McDermott is not above reproach because none of us are above reproach. And so yeah. it, it, it's it's ridiculous to think and, – and I'm sure McDermott, if you spoke to him, would say, you know, if, if we put the truth serum to everybody, we would all have something that we were like, yeah, you know what? I, I said this or wrote I regret this or, that. Right. Or, yes. Yeah, I, or you would regret it if you were being honest but with I yourself. But I think what I was trying to get at was like to the level of what apparently Gruden has done, that seems outside the pale for a lot of – people even football people i think you're right that there's probably some demarcation line of of like older versus younger people but i to me like that's the part i would i would never say like he's never done anything or 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 beyond fault i just would i would be surprised if there was a treasure trove of emails uh you know from him um saying that but i i think you're you're absolutely right that we shouldn't sort of um, maybe put people on pedestals in that way because it ruins the the human nature of us all. But Paul, do you have thoughts on this? How can I top any of that? I had thoughts, but look at the area we went in. I was, uh, do you have I, any I, more thoughts on replacing Alex? Tri- I mean, they replaced <laughs> Bob Barker. Right. I mean, they tried Mike Richards. That didn't work out. We're on to Mayim Bialik and soon Ken Jennings and guest hosting. We'll see how that goes. On the Gruden thing, I will note, uh, and I have some background here because i had i've worked i think you guys knew i worked with d d smith d marie smith the nflpa head for a couple of years so oh. i knew d pretty well when we worked at uh, a law firm together way back in the mid 20 aughts so i know he was pissed by what gruden said but i also read the initial thing that came out that gruden said i thought wow that was really dumb but he talked to the wall street journal about it. he had an explanation it wasn't a very good one but here's that big chance for allyship where you talk to the person who was the, the target of the offending language, the person who is the source, and you get to a point where apologies are made, people grow from the experience. Then the other stuff came out that Gruden said, and dear Lord, at that point, that's when all of a sudden there's no statement, there's no explanation, you are just not a very good person, and you know, you've got to step away, and, and that was the right decision. Now, I'm hopeful, as we speculate about McDermott, yeah, we've all got We've all, we've all got some skeletons. We've all got some flaws. None of us are perfect humans, but I cannot see Sean McDermott in email saying all of those things. And I think now in this era, since it's not 10 years ago, assuming nothing from McDermott or Fraser or Dable from the, these emails ever comes out, despite how much Mike Florio is trying to make every single email get released and he might well succeed. Um, I think everyone's pretty much on high alert at this point, And I'm thinking we're, we're going to be fine in that regard. Knock on wood. We survived the Josh Allen tweet gate uh, the day before the draft. So yeah, right. yeah. don't even talk about it. And the Jake from tweet gate, as it right. turns out, I remember right. Um, yeah. You know, I, maybe it wasn't even fair to ask that question. I don't know. For me, it just was one of those things that highlighted same with like urban Meyer, right? Like it just sort of highlighted the top level dysfunction. That is not part of this franchise. Knock on wood. I think that's what I wanted to get at was like, like the stability of the bills in the last four to five years has been remarkable and, and not just by Buffalo standards, but by kind of league standards, it's, it's really hard to not 
ruffle feathers feathers for that long and be good, right? Like you can be like bad and and just be dismissed, and that's you know, that's one thing. We've you done know. that. We've done that. Yeah, we've <laughs> done that. We've also had you know stupid moron talk. We've done that. Um, you know. Um, yeah, we've had class acts who have failed. We've had jackasses who have failed. We've right. had all failures. The um, weird thing about Mike Florio, just because I pulled him up really quick, it says in June 2020, disparaging comments Florio made about the LGBT community and about the disabled community in PFT articles in 2005 and 6 came to light, and he issued apologies. And I realized, like, maybe part of what Florio's doing too is like, I think part of all of this is like, there's, there's, there are, there's a vested interest in clicking on things of how awful the NFL can be, and I think that the only solve to it for me the re is like well i am not surprised by that i never was really looking up to these people to be moral pillars but i don't know um i think we have dwelled too long on this topic because we are philosophizing as if it were an off-season podcast and, and we've still got we've got listener questions we've got a second quarter preview we've got this day in those yeah. headlines we've got a tennessee preview we and absolutely less minutes from an hour i absolutely and we got a crap ton of questions yeah oh christ and we're at 48 minutes okay um okay um let's do the second quarter preview and then you get your listener question no, no let's do listener questions um and i will pull up the twitter questions too because i can read them with you paul or i can read them right soon. i'll start the first one at the bottom so you know where to pick up from which is greg mm -hmm. jokingly asking gentlemen the bills only scored 38 points this week is the offense anemic discussed thanks greg uh greg actually did have a real question later that we'll get to uh, but that was good. It was it, it, what a nice offensive performance. Uh, and then let me go I, to well, the, like, so you get, David, your next one as you scroll. Yeah, up. he's my neighbor, and, so I should oh, read this. Go. I should read this. Um, how important is Star Latula? The Bills run defense looks so much better this year. How much does Star have to do with that? I believe if you look at our Twitter photo header, or is that is that or no? I tweeted the picture of him taking up three people. I think that answers everything. Um, yeah, that was a great question David asked. He was just, since he's come back, notice we've had no complaints about the defense. No, it's it's truly night and day. And I, I think I had said to you guys privately, I will I will be very reluctant to ever question somebody when they say, oh, he doesn't show up on the stat sheet, but because I thought that was an excuse. And now I'm, I like, it, it was the perfect, he was good, he was gone, and he's back, and he... I can only assume he is making a very serious difference. Um, Some of it, I think, is also Basham and yes. Rousseau and Apinissa kind of turning the corner. But yes, I, I would not dispute that that star is obviously an important part of the defense who is uh, one of the main reasons they are playing well. Uh, Bills and Beers, or Lars, probably just Lars, the only part of Sunday's win that's a blueprint to success next time we face them is a much bigger spot. Bills scoring 38. Mahomes ain't throwing a half dozen bounce passes next time. <laughs> Watch them reel off 12 straight. The Casey funeral is widely premature. Wildly, um, but yes. I, yeah, wildly. Um, I would see, I would only say that apparently over the last X number of years, one of the teams to make a conference championship doesn't make the playoffs and... You know, Los Angeles looks pretty good. So maybe maybe they're going to be stuck. I don't know. Um, dig season. The Eagles offensive coordinator on Twitter uh, comment. That was one of the most enjoyable games I ever remember watching here. Here question. Will this team ever learn to incorporate the screen pass? Um, No, I'm going to say no. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say for the rest of the time that the bills exist, they shall never ex execute a screen pass um, with. Um, 
great success. They have tried. They even tried some. I'm pretty sure on on Sunday. I they think. did. They did. They did. I think it's 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 a little. I mean, it's a it's a complicated play. We have a big playbook. I don't think it's a big part of the playbook. I think it is. I think on some level, if no one's blitzing you because you're a good quarterback, the screen pass is less useful because the principle of the screen being you're taking advantage of people blitzing you and man coverage and and people you know defensive backs turning away letting you get some 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 matches that's going on down the field uh i think that that kind of play is less valuable when teams are just getting into a cover two cover three shell and just keeping all their eyes forward you can see the the screen pass kind of developing pretty quick that way so plus you're also the run is already slowed down the rush is already slowed down Mm-hmm. Um, because people are prepared for Allen to run, and therefore they need to they need to kind of keep contain on him. So they're already rushing with one hand kind of tied behind their back, making it more likely they'll see the screen pass develop on the defensive line as well. Still think it could have helped against Pittsburgh. That's all yeah. I well, I mean, it it definitely has its time and place. Stephen has got. Um, uh, questions and comments. He was not happy the Bills got nothing out of the first fumble. He says, we don't usually comment on the officiating, but it was unbelievably bad this week. I think you've heard our comments on the officiating <laughs> already. Um, I thought the Kansas City roughing penalty was the right call according to the letter of the rule book. As I understand it, you can't drop your full weight onto the QB, which Clark clearly did. Why does the consensus seem to feel the call was wrong? Um, Probably just because it didn't look bad on replay, but I think Stevens right. He drove him. He drove I, him. That was I it. think that's what it was. It was the drive at the end. I think if he doesn't drive him, maybe not. And, and it's you also, and it's the the hindsight of the of the interception, right? It's, yes, uh, it's critical in terms of its importance in the game to have something that huge be decided by the penalty. But you know, that's that's it's like the check call last night in can in the baseball game, the check swing. I mean, maybe that was right or wrong, but like to have it happen at the end of the game to decide the series is people don't care for that. You know, I think that that's that. And then don't forget that, you know, what we're watching and listening to was sort of painted by what Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth think is good for the, their telecast is, you know, you know, it's probably better for their telecast, honestly, if Kansas city continues that drive or, or sorry, gets the ball back and has another chance to put points on and make it a tighter game. Um, I don't want to dismiss the Bills' defense as Steven, but Kansas City's offense makes their job at least easier than it should have been. Mahomes was off and off target, and their receivers dropped a ton of passes, to which I tell Steven that is part of what the defense did in my mind. I really think that they were very frustrating. I think that setting up early in the game, especially with some of like the – I mean, I was very okay with some of the holding and defensive pass interference in the beginning of the game because I felt like it frustrated the wide receivers. I think one of the Chris Collinsworth, you know, sort of the, the announcers were right about was like the Bills came out and decided that they were going to be like the tougher boxing team, that they were they were going to come out and like be a lot more physical. And I think that that led to some of it. So um, I understand what you're saying, that Mahomes didn't look sharp. But to me, I think that they made him uncomfortable. I think that they, you know, and they made him uncomfortable by not blitzing by covering everybody by not creating allowing the separation in the big play Mahomes by the book wants the big play he looks for that first and if that's taken away all the time he has to adjust and I don't think he adjusted very well so I will split the baby and say I do expect the next time we face them they will play better and it will not be as easy as it was this time. I'm sure they will I mean Andy Reid's a very good 
offensive coach. I'm sure it will. I don't know that it'll make a difference. It, it might not, you know. I, think I, that- I will say it reminds me a bit of the playoff, of, of the games last year, and specifically the playoff game, of like, yeah, the, G, the, the Chiefs defense was doing some good things, and it was a, not a great matchup for us. But, yes, Allen was not playing as well as he could have. The offense in general seemed to be out of sorts. Some of that is the Chiefs doing yes, but some of that is the is is just some days you're not on on your you're not on your mark. Vin asks us a very cool question about whether the Tampa Bay Rays could move to Buffalo to play baseball, and we will try and save that for the offseason because as we have unfortunately done, we are way way behind. Yeah, sorry, Vin, you asked during a very eventful week, but we'll get yes. that on there. Get typical, that on there for... typical Patriots fan just trying to change the subject. <laughs> are uh mark says with the chiefs game out of the way what do you see as the next hurdle team for the bills and um he uh and he says that he and bills and beers have been talking about it but why haven't we but have we seen the last of beasley i think that they've gone out of their way to say beasley's limited role has been game plan specific i believe that to some extent i also believe that um zach moss and uh, Emmanuel Sanders and Isaiah McKenzie have all sort of eaten up some catches. And, you know, I've often... Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox, excuse me. That's who I was trying to think of. I, I think that he that a lot of times I saw Beasley, especially in the second half when they needed to make something happen, and they haven't been in that position. Beasley seems to be like a drive-specific plan of, okay, here we go. We're going to get six or seven completions in a row. Four or five are going to go to Beasley for six or seven yards. That's what we got to do. We got to get on pace. And they haven't had to do that. And so I don't think that he's not involved. I think that I think it is just like other parts of the game plan are working, and he is maybe lower on the totem pole than usual. And I, as we talked about earlier, I guess Tampa might be the next um, – measuring stick game but i don't see hurdles there are no yeah. hurdles hurdles, hurdles are, are done hurdles are the are the pro season i don't think any regular season games are hurdles at this point yeah the hurdles are staying healthy it's like yeah. just you know not hurting yourself uh in a critical kind of manner maintaining the edge and and kind of yeah that that zone of competitiveness and yeah it's it's tough yeah um last question from greg, greg yeah why didn't they sit Allen for the last drive? I wanted to know why they didn't sit him for the last drive. <laughs> it didn't impact the outcome and always a risk of injury to the quarter of a billion-dollar man. Why risk it at all? Greg, I'm with Greg. I would have sent um, I would have sent the MVP out there um, to, to go ahead and— Yeah, Nickelodeon and, MVP, Mr. Trubisky. And, yeah. and I'd agree with you in the sense that I thought, well, you know, Allen could run some plays to really kind of put the game out of reach, but the game was out of reach. And also, Trubisky has shown he is a very good runner, so— you know, if you need a QB draw at some point to get a first down, you could have done it. So maybe he was tired from the hours long delay. Yeah, he had had a little. There is a tightness debate there, like a guy who's been standing cold yes. for hours, not ready to come in the game. And then there's our answer. We we came to that conclusion, Greg. Yep. All right. Um, let's go ahead to this day in Bill's headlines. Yep. And then we will do the second quarter preview in conjunction with uh, our Tennessee preview, who we are now five and a half point favorites over as that line continues to grow. 
All right, and I have to keep this pod under 70 minutes. I will do my best to race through this day in Bill's headlines. Uh, it's October 15th. I will note there was no quiz for, uh, we have no quiz questions for uh, 2020, but here are three headlines from that day that lead into next week. Bill's leaky defense exposed and blowout loss to Titans. Mm-hmm. Bill's defense trending toward historic lows and mm-hmm. performance of Bill's defense keeping McDermott up at night. So how, how what a difference a year makes. All right, 2019. Buffalo Bills hopeful that foundational piece of defense blank can play versus Dolphins. Blank was off to the side at practice on Monday, getting in some individual cardiovascular work, testing the hamstring a little bit because it's it's a hamstring. The timeline is hard to predict. Star Lily? No, not star. Corner piece. You said corner piece? Foundational piece of defense. Foundational. So someone called me a foundational piece of the defense. Milano. 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 That is one. The the 2020 headlines have changed. The 2019 headlines have not. Uh, so that is still very much the case for this weekend with the Titans. Yes. 2018. Another Titans. Oh no, this is a Texans one. DeAndre Hopkins did a lot of crying to the refs, says Bill's cornerback blank. Levi Wallace. You had a one in two chance, Frank. <laughs> there you go, Scott. Trey, Trey White. Trey White. That's all right. I admired that. I, I would have guessed Levi, too. All right. 2016, blank credits off-season work with Taylor and play calling for solid production. When blank draws on those favorable one-on-one matchups, which is practically every time he runs a route, uh, we have an airplane going by. Uh, yeah, sorry. That's all right. Taylor seeks to take advantage of them rather than going to one of his wide receivers or pulling the ball down and running. Okay, so not a wide receiver. Not a wide receiver, but someone working in the offseason with Tarad. Is it Shady? Shady's a good guess, but no, this guy had the same exact number of catches as Shady in 2016, so you're on the right track. Maybe not positionally on the right track, but on the yeah, right track. Yeah, I was going to say, so, but not a receiver. Yep. So tight end, maybe? Yeah, so... This Robert Charles Clay? Clay? Charles, Charles Clay. Clay. Yeah, job. Robert Royal's too early, sorry. Yep. All right. Uh, This is a repeat headline. I've used this one before in a previous year. Bill's rookie blank looks nothing like a projected football bust, um, but he did end up being one. Uh, People knew blank's name before he was old enough to drive. He got a scholarship offer to Notre Dame when he was in ninth grade. He was rival's number one prospect in 2010 while it was still 2008 and still finished at number two. He was 6'8", 337 at age 17. This was someone who was a true freshman at Miami. He won a starting right tackle job, and he kept it. Chantrell Henderson. Chantrell Henderson. All right. Uh, I think Frank's going to get this one this time. Uh, No pressure. Mm -hmm. Blank becomes latest quarterback to join Bills. This is 2013. How quickly he's able to absorb the Bills' offensive scheme will determine who backs up Thad Lewis on Sunday. Marone said that Blank looked comfortable and in a good rhythm during his workout. Yeah, the Green Bay guy. What was his name? Yeah. Oh, come on. Matt, um, not Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's Atlanta. Castle? Um, no. No, he was the Brian Brom. There we go. No, no, no. You were stay on the Matt track. Oh, Matt. Um, there was a guy who backed up in Green Bay, and we were at the game, and they were chanting oh, his name. Matt. Matt Flynn. <laughs> Matt Flynn, yes. Flynn, there you go. Thank you. We got there. All right. I got like, no, not him. Nope. All right. 2012. Blank has last word in Bill's OT victory, 
Despite a 61-yard field goal by Arizona to force OT, the Bills beat the Cardinals 19-16. to Blank proved just how valuable he is to the Bills' defense with two game-changing efforts that resulted in a team victory. Blank does so much more than just intercept the ball for the Bills. He is solid in run support, incredibly adept at playing the last man standing role in both coverage and tackling, and, well, you can't list anymore without the obvious ball-hawking abilities. Having intercepted a John Skelton pass over the middle intended for Rob Hauser at the Arizona 35 and returning it to the Cardinals' six-yard line before Ryan Lindell kicked the game-winning field goal. Let's say Jairus Bird. Jairus Bird. Two interceptions that game. The ball-hawking Jairus Bird. 2009. Blank waiting for more chances. We've tried to get him in. Uh, I can't do a Dick Geron, but I'll do my best. We've tried to get him in some of those. <laughs> <situations>. Dick Geron Skeletor. <laughs> Uh, and he's been averaging like 14 plays a game. We haven't been able to use his talents like you would have anticipated with all the passing and rushing and doing that type of thing. Uh, said Chris Kelsey, it's tough for a rookie to come in and be effective immediately. Uh, Kelsey is a player whose job was thought to be in jeopardy when the Bills selected this player. Chris Kelsey? Yep. So someone who was looked to be taken over for Chris Kelsey. Who did not, in fact, take over for? Chris oh, Chris Kelsey. Okay, so he's defensive end. He's the guy. Who, yeah. Who was going to take his job? But did yeah, so who was going to take his job in 08? 09. 09. Uh, it's not the tweener, is it? Not. It's not Maven. No. It is Maven. Oh, okay. Is it Maven? Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Two to go. 2008. Mercifully, Bill Ship blank away. Is a former 26th overall selection. Blank can't be considered a Walt Potulski or Mike Williams style bust on account of the fact that he wasn't a single digit pick, but he absolutely inhabits the same territory as Eric Flowers, a Bill, a player the Bills chose in the same spot during the 2000 draft. Flowers spent two forgettable years as a Bill compared to Blank's two years and change long, insignificant stint. Now there are two examples of utterly disappointing late first round defensive linemen this decade for Buffalo's fans to painfully cite. This is before Aaron Maven. Right. Who would be the third? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. That was a bad defensive line in the 20 aughts uh, with, with graphics. Boy. I can give away that. I think this might give it away, but that. Uh, so the news came out that he was traded. Uh, he, he came back like a, a weekish later and then played for another season or two with the Bills. With cargo? Yeah. Yeah, because they couldn't trade him, right? Failed his physical, and they Colts sent him back because he failed his physical, and then it was it was awkward. Yeah, that was really awkward. All right, last one, 2004. This is a double tap opportunity, but these are both a little more challenging. Okay. Bill sent a message by cutting blank. Bill signed blank to 53 man roster. Here are the hints. Basically, Mike Malarkey waived a player whose contribution to the offense was minimal, but who is visible and well liked. To him, it was a win-win situation. Cutting a veteran non-producer didn't hurt the offense and had the potential to send a message to a team that seemingly had previously lacked accountability for its winless start. To take his place, the Bills announced today that the team has signed practice squad wide receiver blank to its 53-man roster. Mm. Was it? No, no. So, yeah, if you remember 04, this was the year they lost their first four, but then ended up going nine and seven. Could have been 10 and six if they not blown it to the Steelers backups and they could have made the playoffs and gotten blown out by Brady or something. Yeah. 
Um, but they were still at this point winless. They had a wide receiver who uh, had, had a pretty good 2013 with the team. Um, but 2003. He, yep. He had a good 2003 with this team. This headline's from 04. Uh, got off to a bit of a slow start in 04. Dropped an easy pass uh, from Bledsoe in a game. And then Malarkey's like, that's it. You're done. This is the beginning of Lee Evans. Right. Is the, this is was the Lee's end first job. Reed? It was the beginning of Josh Reed as well, because there was a criticism. Why cut this guy instead of Josh Reed? Because Reed was a draft pick, whereas this guy was a low-level free agent pickup. Uh, had a good game against Jacksonville in 03. The guy who replaced him was not on the 53-man roster for long, but uh, let's put it this way. He is still well-known in Buffalo, and he did play for the Colts uh, for a little bit, uh, as a, mainly as a kick returner. Well-known in Buffalo for his college play. Drew uh, Haddad? Drew Haddad, good job. So Frank Gosh, got that's forever ago. Yeah. Oh, my God. So Haddad gets promoted to take the place of... This guy might also be remembered. If you remember a Titans game where I had, like, met Volick or Billy Volick or someone at QB, and the Bills were down two points. They'd scored a touchdown. They went for a two-point conversion. This guy caught the ball, lifted it up as if to show he had caught it, and oh, oh, I really is that up. peerless yeah. price? Nope, no, price no, is still price around. Was traded. Yeah, um, he was already in Atlanta, yeah. right? This is um, the guy who lifted up the ball, and I was pissed because he clearly had the catch, and then it was just lifted up to show it, and it fell out of his hand. They called it no catch. I 100% remember that. I just can't think of who, who this is. I think you're going to have to. All right. Well, I'm glad we ended on a stumper. Yeah. It is uh, Bobby Shaw, if you remember that. Bobby right? Shaw. Yeah. Oh, Bobby. You guys Shaw. got nine out of ten uh, with limited hints, with the one exception being the finale of Bobby Shaw, and that was this day in Bill's headlines for October fifteenth. The good news about our second quarter. Thank you again, Paul, oh. for doing that for us. The best segment in all of football, uh, Bill's podcasting, um, and football the, generally. Yes. In football generally, the good thing about our second quarter preview. Here are three of the four games: home against Miami, at Jacksonville, at the Jets. I'm going to say win, win, win. Sorry. Do any of you want to pick a <laughs> loss amongst those three? No? Okay. That's our second quarter preview, everybody. I'm sorry to be so short with it, but, like, A, we're behind time, and B, what is fruitful about talking about those right. Three games this, right this, now? This segment has been useful in previous years because the Bills were always so mediocre. They could win or lose to anyone, and so right. there was some suspense in this. And it was also, like, okay, it was broken up into – here are the chunks that are manageable. Yep. Are we going to make the playoffs? Can you? Can we? Can we let's, look at them? Let's write off. Let write off two of these, and then right. we got a fifty-fifty shot on this one, and we really got to get this one, otherwise we have no chance at the rest of the season. <laughs> right. And now it's like, like there will be an emergency podcast if they lose to any of these games. <laughs> I don't know, right? Like it'll be, it'll be redonkulous. Um, right. Which, speaking of, I mean, the Titans did lose to the Jets. Um, this year, they have been a very up and down team. They are this week's uh, match on Monday night, and they're the game we're going to focus on here. Um, so just to just to recap, I think that I think that we had um, in the first quarter, Paul had said three and one, um, but he got the one wrong. Right. I think it was going to be one of them, but I guessed which one incorrectly. And I think Scott and I both said four and you oh. both did. Yeah. Yeah. So. We all sort of get a little praise and a little loss on there. And then with the Chiefs. Did we all pick I, the Chiefs last week? I can't I even remember. I the Chiefs to win by multiple scores. I know I Yeah, you're the closest. I, I feel like. Ball. I mean, I picked the Bills by multiple scores. Excuse me. Yeah. yeah. 
I think we all picked them, but I don't have my my flash drive on me where I saved the I info. Picked a, yeah, I picked a tie. I okay. Picked a, oh. Okay. Perfect. Um, <laughs> well, in, in this case, I think that you know all three of us lo- are looking at those three games as as wins. We we have a very good feeling about the second quarter here, and and really probably if we talked about it the second half. But you know the the Bills opened as two and a half or three and a half point favorites over the Titans in Tennessee, um, and that has grown to five and a half because people keep betting on the Bills. And they are just trying to make this a big enough line that they won't lose all of their money um, if Buffalo wins. So they keep pushing this line. It's now five and a half points. Um, Tennessee, Tennessee is a weird. T- oh, Stephen's asking questions, but I'm sorry, we're gonna have to. <laughs> no, you're not not answering this question, Stephen. I'm not gonna tell you who I think the Bills' biggest competition is for home field advantage come January. Um, I but, will. Los Angeles. Okay. Oh yes. Okay. The uh, the Titans. Um, the Titans went out and got wide receivers to help Ryan Tannehill in the passing game. And Julio Jones has basically not played very much. Um, they lost to Arizona and the Jets, um, which are two. OK, Arizona lost. OK, maybe we can see our way to that. The Jets, they lost without their two of the receivers. They've won the other three games, but they don't. They, they they run the ball well, obviously, with Derrick Henry. But the Bills have sort of managed Derrick Henry even yeah, even um, last year. Even last year, um, which is not to say they will manage him this year, but I'm sort of okay if Derrick Henry runs all over the place. It's really you just got to stop them from scoring a lot of points. Um, and I don't know what I think the Titans do well. So I usually... Just breaking news coming in here. Tennessee Titans will have wide receiver Julio Jones back in the lineup mm-hmm. when they face the Bills in- on Monday Night Football. Important to know. Important to know. But also, I mean, they squeak out past the the Colts. They squeak out past the Seahawks. And, okay, they they beat the Jaguars pretty good. 37-19, right, last week. They beat the Jaguars. That's like the Bills' victory over the Texans. A a lot of Tennessee fans are very disappointed with the, the Jaguars game. Apparently, that was much closer than it should have been. And everyone was very disappointed. Um, that said, obviously they still won and were without their top two wide receivers. So yeah, it looks like they had a bid second and third quarter, but it took them a while to get get started. Tannehill 14 to 22 for 197 yards. Derrick Henry 29 carries for 130 yards. Um, you know their defenses. You know I don't know. I'm looking at this game. I don't usually go first. I feel like I should go first because I always make you guys go first. I mean I think I'm 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 taking Buffalo the rest of the way. And I, I reserve the right to reconsider at the Tampa Bay game and maybe maybe, maybe the Saints game, maybe too. the Saints game. But even then, I'm sort of like pretty comfortable picking the bills there. So I, I have no reason to to doubt them. Obviously, anything can happen. We've already seen that this year. But I think Buffalo has a tremendous offense and a tremendous defense. And I think they will be up to the task of smothering the Titans. I think what works in their favor as well is the bye is next week. There's nothing to look forward to. They can just focus on the Titans. Everybody's all in. Let's get the win and go home and uh, literally have a cakewalk up until Thanksgiving Day. Um, so I'm with the Bills here. I, I don't have any reason to not pick them by two scores again. So let's just go ahead and say uh 34 to 20 34 to 20 sounds good i, I think 20 is aggressive for the titans honestly but um i'm happy with the bills scott what do you think 
I am thinking the Bills will win as well. I think it'll be a little closer. I think, um, obviously, you know, Julio Jones or A.J. Brown against, you know, Levi Wallace or whoever is... is or Dane Jackson. Or, yeah, Dane yeah. Jack is not not a great, great matchup. Obviously, we're going to be playing a lot of soft zone, which has its own kind of challenges, but but does kind of, you know, Tannenhill is kind of, I think, in some ways good at playing a soft zone because he's not got the tremendous huge cannon arm, um, but he can kind of make the intermediate throws. So I think this game will be... Um, you know, a little like the Kansas City game. I think I think as long as the Bills play well, we should win. But that doesn't mean we're going to completely run away with it. Um, I think I am comfortable with a final score somewhere in the neighborhood of, let's say, 29-21. So still a cover, but not, not, a, not a runaway. Um, and a uh, you know, game effort from the Titans. And yeah, I I don't think this is a 16 and one team. I think they will have a letdown where they lose to an opponent that we think they should not lose to. Uh, however, I don't think it's going to be this game. I think it could be. The Titans posed some problems last year that you know we just covered. Some have gone away. Some have not. The soft zone has challenges. I think the the Bills' letdown is probably going to be against a divisional opponent somewhere along the want line. Probably, unfortunately, the Patriots. But I'm going to make it even closer still. I'll say it's a it's a it's a close one. The Bills do struggle a bit at points. the The defense isn't uh, as strong as they could be as they get more and more on film. I say it's a one point thirty one to thirty victory for the Bills. You know, it's funny too. I think about that game. It was such a weird. That was just to remind. That was, me. It was like Tuesday at five p.m. It was a Tuesday was afternoon game after yeah. like COVID gate, like the first really big COVID gate. And I, I think the only thing that really messes with McDermott teams is like schedule changes. <laughs> they seem to have like a real problem when like they like you know things get off track for them. But um, you know, the I, NFL did not trust the process of no, they scheduling <laughs> you know, games on and, Sundays, and therefore the Bills play the price. Well, I do think that you know, it, I would be really surprised if the Bills didn't um, come out and play certainly a much better game than they did last year. I think that honestly, looking at the body of work over the last two years, that's an outlier game. Even if we say the Titans were a good enough team to win that game, that's an outlier for how the Bills sort of are and and the like. So I would expect them to, to, to certainly play better. And we can't wait to talk to you about it sometime, probably next week. Generally speaking with, with the, with the bye week we take a week off Um, um, either. So we would either do that next week or the week after. And then, and then, um, or maybe, maybe we won't. Sometimes we haven't as well. So we'll, we'll we'll get back to you soon. If not next week, Um, we really appreciate listening. MNY Bills on Twitter. You can look for Buffalo Bills maybe next year in all your favorite podcasting places. We really appreciate it. We're at an hour and 20 minutes. We got to get out of here. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night.